Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome in Monday edition, first Monday show of the month of August. It's New York, New York with yours truly, JJ Chanchi Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Lot to digest as, believe it or not, the month of August is here. I'm getting all sorts of giddy watching training camp highlights. I got dates getting set for fantasy drafts. I'm thinking about Vegas. I'm thinking about so many different things. So to have football back in our life, really fires me up. You know what should fire you up, though? And I'm going to get to the Yankees in a little bit, but I got to start. First things first here. Kudos to the New York Mets. Kudos. Because the New York Mets, after sweeping a two-game Subway Series against the Yankees, off day, feeling high and mighty about themselves, That weekend series against the Marlins had every last opportunity, every which way, to go and be a letdown series. You have Alcantara going on Friday night. The Mets fall behind in that game, three to nothing. 
on Friday night. They're facing one of the premier pitchers in all of baseball. And the game and the weekend, you're thinking, you know, maybe this is going to be a little bit of a letdown spot for the Mets. The Mets didn't have any of that. They came right back against the premier pitcher in baseball. They spanked him. Marte, Vogelback, Nimmo with a big home run. When Dora getting hits left and right, they win that game on Friday. And it basically, boom, took off into just beating the living daylights out of the Miami Marlins. And look, the Marlins are not a good baseball team. They struggle to score runs. And if you get to their pitching staff, you're going to have great success. The Mets beat up on Alcantara, and they pummeled Lopez on Sunday. I mean, watching Lopez on Sunday, I wasn't exactly jumping for joy at the prospect that the Yankees could be in on him. But the Mets go and get 19 hits and score nine runs. For a team that has been hurting from an offensive standpoint, great weekend all around for them. Really, deserve a lot of credit. The Mets, in basically taking care of business here, doing exactly what they are supposed to do against a bad team, set themselves up very nicely for Washington coming up. The return of Jacob DeGrom, which will be on Tuesday. We'll have a live right after the deadline, right after DeGrom starts. So we'll have you covered every which way Spotify Live on Tuesday. Going to be a very, very busy day around here. We know that. Scherzer, DeGrom, and then, of course, this big showdown weekend with the Atlanta Braves, where they have five games in four days. Thursday, Friday, double dip, and then a game on Sunday. I mean, that's going to be a whole lot of high stakes, high leverage, high intensity type of baseball. And I think the Mets are ready for it. Look, I want to see them add a bat between now and Tuesday. I want to see them add a couple of bullpen arms between now and Tuesday. But if you really think about it from a Mets standpoint, the biggest move they're going to make, and they're going to make some moves. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm not trying to tell you that they're not going to. But from an impact standpoint, the biggest move they're going to have coming their way is Tuesday's starter, Jacob DeGrom. And what he can provide and what he can do for this team, that's what I'd be stoked about. Hey, the Mets have a three-game lead over the Atlanta Braves in the National League East, and Jacob DeGrom has not thrown a pitch. That's a good place to be as you head into the final two months of the regular season. So, excellent job by the Mets, taking care of business, doing what they need to do. Now, the Yankees this weekend. They went three out of four against the Royals, but let's call a spade a spade. The Yankees did not play great this weekend. If you think about Thursday's game, they get shut out for eight innings. Judge bails them out with the home run. I'm at the game on Friday night. Garrett Cole has that terrible, terrible fifth inning where he gives up the bomb to Salvi Perez. It looked like a comfortable Yankee win. Then the Royals are up, and the Yankees needed all sorts of drama. They had to take advantage of terrible Royal defense. They needed Aaron Judge to basically put the Superman cape on and hit homer after homer after homer, and then they win the game on Friday, and they had an easy win on Saturday. Sunday, there's no getting around it. Bad loss for the New York Yankees because the Yankees were down in this game for nothing. They come storming back. LeMayu with the home run. Rizzo, who you want to see up in those big spots, he hits the ball in the second deck, and you're saying, hey, despite the Yankees not being at their best, it looks like they're going to sweep a four-game series. Amazing. Doing what they're supposed to do against the lowly Kansas City Royals. But then you get to the top half of the ninth inning, and I think it is fair to say now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that 
We're sounding the alarm a little bit when it comes to Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes yucks up this game in the ninth inning. His command has been an issue for the last couple of weeks. He gets burned as Salvi Perez, who still can mash with any of them. And Salvi Perez has had just a fabulous, fabulous career. Three run homer, difference in the game. And now you're going to look at the splits for Clay Holmes. First 30 games, last 14 games. And you're going to wonder, okay, who is the real Clay Holmes? First 30 games, Clay Holmes was pitching to a .280 ERA and was 11 for 11 in save opportunities. In the last 14 games for Clay Holmes, 10 walks, 11 hits, 5-270 ERA, 6-9 saving games. We're not jumping the gun as far as, well, Chapman's pitching better. Does Chapman have an opportunity to work himself back in the ninth inning? We're not even close to that point. Chapman has betrayed so much trust in the idea of him pitching with the game on the line in the ninth inning that I can't even fathom the idea of having that conversation once again. The Yankees may need Chapman. I am not jumping for joy with the prospect of getting him back into the ninth inning. But this is why I think it's kind of a good thing for Clay Holmes and the Yankees now. I just had this discussion. I walk in SNY tonight. I'm going to do television right after we finish up the pod. And, you know, one of my esteemed producers, the great Gustavo Figueroa, is giving me all sorts of shit about Clay Holmes. Oh, is this guy you trust in the playoffs? Are uh, you sure you feel confident with him in the ninth inning? And my thought is this. Look, I would rather Holmes deal with the adversity of going through a rough patch now as opposed to getting off easy, whole home regular season, not getting hit at all, and boom, it happens in the playoffs. And you got to see and you got to wonder, okay, how is he going to respond? The great ones, if they are wired properly and they're going to be successful closers for a long period of time, you got to be able to bounce back. That's it. And I don't like comparing everybody to great Mariano Rivera, who we had on Thursday's pod. If you missed it, uh, you want to catch up on the captain. Mariano, it's up on the New York, New York feed. Mariano blew some massive games for the Yankees. I mean, he blew Sandy Alomar in 97, came back from it, better than ever. He blew the 2001 World Series, came back, three scoreless against Boston. 2004, Dave Roberts came back because he was wired the right way. He had the stuff. But mentally, he was where he needed to be. Quay Holmes, we're going to learn about him. That's what this boils down to. So he'll be under the microscope, I think, for the next couple of weeks. And for the New York Yankees, you know, the last conversation we had, it seemed like after Andrew Benintendi, they were going to be full tilt in the conquest of getting Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. Unless you were living under a rock or you were away and you didn't pay attention to your phone or social media or anything out there. Shame on you if you don't know this already, but I'll inform you anyway. Luis Castillo is not going to be a Yankee. And Luis Castillo is going to be wearing a Seattle Mariners uniform and will be pitching for one of the contenders within the American League. And look, I make no bones about it. I want a Castillo on the Yankees. I have talked to a couple of people, well-connected people, who have told me basically point blank, if you wanted Castillo, you were giving up Anthony Volpe. 
And I don't think the Yankees signed a shortstop last year. And I don't think the Yankees have thought anything other than Anthony Volpe is going to be our shortstop very, very soon. And if there is one guy they are not moving within that farm system, he's the guy. Maybe they would in a Juan Soto deal. They're not for Luis Castillo. Okay, the Mariners blew him away. The Mariners go and get Luis Castillo. It's a bummer. I wanted him. It's a blow to the Yankees. But to say, oh, you know, some of the overreactions that were out there. Oh, the Yankees can't win a title now. There's no way in the world they can win. This is definite. It's a loss, but it can be overcome. Frankie Montez is a really good pitcher. Frankie Montez has excellent numbers against the Houston Astros. I am in on Montez. I watched Carlos Rodon Sunday night baseball against the Chicago Cubs mo. There is a very good chance Rodon is going to be available. My message to Brian Cashman between now and Tuesday, go get me one of those guys. I don't want Jose Quintana. I definitely don't want Noah Syndergaard. That attitude, no thank you. Hard pass as far as I'm concerned. Go get Montez, go get Rodon, and away we go. I think the Yankees will look to end the bullpen. They should. But if they can get Lawaziga, Chapman, and Britton complimenting Holmes and Peralta, you're onto something. So I don't know how desperate the Yankees will be from a bullpen sense. They need the big starter. They are in on the big starter. So too with the Blue Jays. So too with the St. Louis Cardinals. So there's going to be some competition. But that's the subplot to watch now for the Yankees. They miss out on Castillo. What's next? To me, it's got to be one of those two guys. So we got a loaded show across the board. Deadline's coming up on Tuesday. The Grom is coming back on Tuesday. We'll have John Harper, my main man from SOI, has been covering baseball in New York City for forever. And he's one of the OGs. He's one of the all-time greats. He's going to come by. We'll talk some deadline stuff with him. And then before we get to voicemails, I got a couple of football thoughts. Minor football thoughts that we'll get to. They're coming up right after this. All right, before we get to voicemails, a couple of things here. Let's not get nuts with how the Giants are looking in the first week uh, of training camp practices. I, I know some people have been jumping uh, off the ledge. Oh, the, the, the Daniel Jones isn't mastering the offense. Tyrod Taylor time. Blah, blah, blah. Calm down. Calm down. And Daniel Jones has a lot to prove. But by no means am I now proclaiming that Daniel Jones is going to be some top 10 quarterback for the New York Giants and that the Giants are going to be a playoff team. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe. I talked to our guy, Raheem Palmer, who I love. Ringer, gambling extraordinaire. We do all sorts of shows together at the East Coast Bias Crew. He's trying to sell me on, on value for the Giants to win the division. And I get it. The number, the division's not any good. Giants, have you seen their secondary? Have you seen their defense? Have you realized that Saquon Barkley never plays and that Kenny Galladay never plays? Like, uh, no, I'm not investing any money in the Giants to go and win the NFC East. You want to? Bill from Los Angeles wants to get on board. Be my guest. I, for one, am not going in that direction. And I'd love to know how many Giant fans would actually back the idea of playing a plus 700 to win the division if they take the blue goggles off and they're not sipping the blue Kool-Aid for a minute. So, uh, but the reactions with Jones and some of the stuff I was seeing over the weekend, uh, let's cool the Jets on that. Um, I know a lot of Jet fans in my life. A lot of the Jet fans in my life are convinced this is going to be an 8, a 9, a 10-win football team. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe some of the conversations I was having over the weekend. So, 
There is a great loyal listener, good friend of mine, good golf buddy of mine, who actually texted me today, the Jets will finish with a better record than the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not going to lie, I got that text. I spit up my coffee. Whatever the price. That, that's all I'm going to say. You give me even money, whatever the price. You know who you are. I'm not going to even name, name a name at this point. You listen to a podcast, you are a loyal listener, and I love you. You're a good friend of mine. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. And Saturday, well, let me tell you something. That two with a Tyree kill bomb, 65 yards in the air. Mm, baby. Can't wait. Cheetah and Jalen Waddle. Go get it. All right. Now that I got that uh, dolphin propaganda out in the open, voicemail time. 917-382-1151. All right, Steph, let's hear it, baby. Hey, JJ. Andy from Michigan here. Uh, what a horrible loss today was. I mean, what a horrible way to end Sunday uh, with, uh, you know, losing to Kansas City. We should have swept this team. Uh, but for the people that keep saying that, oh, this is just a blip uh, on, you know, on the screen for uh, Clay Holmes, I mean, JJ, we got a problem here. I mean, the last 14 games, Clay has given up 11 hits, eight runs, 10 walks, and has blown three saves with a five-plus ERA. I mean, I don't want to panic on the guy, but, you know, I'm concerned. And I got to give one guy credit a while back that said it months ago, and I got to give credit is Bobby Valentine. He said on the microphone at the podcast that he likes the Hills, but one concern he had was that he pitched to contact, and he didn't think that could be lasting all year. He would wait and see, and here it is. It's coming to fruition. Uh, I'm just worried about Clay Holmes, JJ, and this has not been a good week. We're losing two to the Mets, and uh, and now not getting Castillo this week, it, it, that was a big blow, JJ. We needed Castillo because obviously you saw again this weekend, Cole is not reliable. I mean, I, I know you like Cole, but Cole is not a number one starter. I'm sorry. He's just not the guy that's going to take on Verlander, whether it's here in New York or in Houston, and go head-to-head with this guy and beat him. So losing Castillo was a big blow. My question for you is, where do we go from here? We got a couple days from the deadline. What do you want to do? Peace. Okay. Lots to chew on there. The Holmes concern. Valid over the last two weeks. You mentioned Bobby V's take on him being a guy who pitches the contact. That's not even my concern with Holmes. It's the command. He's walking way too many dudes. Way, 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 way too many dudes. That's going to catch up with you. Where if you walk a couple of guys and then you go and make a mistake like he did to Salvador Perez on Sunday, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. The walks are the problem to me with Holmes. He's got to get that command back that was on point for the first three months of the season and has not been on point basically since the month of July. That Reds meltdown, blew save up in Boston. Even the game against the Mets the other day, puts a couple of runners on base and walks the guy when he's up in the count. Like, that's the stuff that worries me with Holmes. So the command and regaining that command, how does he find a way to go about that? That's number one. Number two. I understand you're frustrated they didn't get Castillo. I want a Castillo. I think all Yankee fans want a Castillo. 
where I got to take you to task, though, and say what you want about Cole last year in Boston. He stunk. We killed him for that. It was an unacceptable start. It was an unacceptable performance. He wasn't good on Friday. But the idea that he's not a number one starter, come on, Andy, you're better than that. Look at the numbers over the last three years. Look at the numbers. The numbers, innings pitched, strikeouts, ERA, whip, wins. It all profiles exactly where you would want it to be. The guy has basically been in the top three and the top five and the Cy Young in back-to-back years as a Yankee. Now, do you trust him as much as Verlander in the big game? No, I understand that you don't. But to say he's not a number one starter, that's, that's just wildly inaccurate. It's wildly, wildly, wildly inaccurate. So I got to take you to task on that. And as far as who to get, unless there are some surprises that I can't think of right now, Montez, Rodon. I want one of those two guys in the Yankee uniform by Tuesday. That's my hope. That's my expectation. Okay, who's next? JJ, what's up, man? Chris and Marchmont. Um, I'm going to start with the glass half full here because you know, I'm sure people are disappointed about the way we blew the game today. Holmes has been very shaky as, as uh, it's not, it's not a big surprise to see the way that he's been pitching the last, you know, few weeks and obviously the, the blown safe today. Um, but glass half full, um, I actually went to the game yesterday on Saturday, had a great day, uh, was with, we actually took my oldest, my, my daughter who's, who's six, um, there for her very first Yankee game. Um, but this is where I noticed though, and again, glass half full, won three out of four against the Royals. I kind of expected that. Um, that's what we got to, we have to hope for. Even as bad of a team against the Royals, they're going to be scrapping it. What if you the time? But where, where I noticed something negative, I'm going to focus on here. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, um, when I look at Josh Donaldson, Josh Donaldson has been absolutely brutal. And I noticed yesterday in a win, when we are on the verge of having a five or six run first inning, we ended up scoring two in the first run on Saturday. But Josh Donaldson gags, strikes out, looks completely lost, lost, uh, at bat there. And, you know, all of a sudden Gallo's out of the lineup regularly. Now Josh Donaldson, it's something that we could we could have in our crosshairs because he's been absolutely brutal, and, and the numbers don't lie. I mean, he's been absolutely just atrocious. I mean, the guy in the last week, the last two weeks, fifteen games, one sixty three average, zero home runs, nineteen strikeouts. Go even further up than that, he's hitting one ninety one, forty seven strikeouts, um, and four home runs in the last thirty eight games. So a month and change. So the guy has been. Really terrible. And I don't even know if he's worthy of a platoon situation. I mean, I, I obviously when John Carlos comes back, he's not going to be in the lineup regularly, but I mean, he really should be few and far between as far as being utilized. And, um, I just don't like his attitude. He's not a likable guy to begin with. And so if you're, if you're not going to be likable, at least, at least fucking hit the ball and, and, and contribute. And I know the guy is, is, a, is a good glove at third, but he's really killing rallies for us, even in games that we win, like, like on Saturday when we had to play the game, uh, eight to two. So that's point number one. Number two, obviously it's disappointing not to get Luis Castillo. Jordan Montgomery, he's a borderline fourth or fifth starter at this point. We obviously have to do something. I'm hoping Cashman pulls, pulls a, a rabbit out of a hat in the next couple of days and we had to make it a couple moves on our pitching staff because right now we're not good enough to be used. And I'm just going to ask you, how many games do you think it's going to take for us to have home field against the Astros? Because that's what we're going to need to win and get to the World Series. Now, I don't know if it's 105, 107. Houston seems like a team that's destined to win uh, over 100 games. So I love your thoughts. Love the show as always. I'm loving the, G- the Jeter recaps, the Jackal as well. Be well, and uh, we'll talk soon. 
Chris, good call, buddy. Um, as far as the number to win home field in the American League, I think you got to be north of 105 wins. I mean, the Yankees currently have 69 wins. The Astros have 67 wins. The Yankees are basically two games up on Houston. But in reality, that's all it is because if there's a tiebreaker, the Astros are going to have home field advantage. So the Yankees got to be a game better than the Astros. Okay. I'd say 105 plus. You hit on something in your call I think is very important. Donaldson, now that Gallo has basically been put out the pasture. I know he's still on the team. He's going to get dealt within the next 48 hours. There's no way in the world Joey Gallo is going to be on this team beyond the deadline. Anyway, with Gallo being out of the picture, I think Donaldson, in many ways, is going to become the new whipping boy. He's going to be the new guy that is front and center for the Yankee fan to go and attack. They're going to get after Josh Donaldson because he's played poorly. You're absolutely right. He has absolutely stunk. He has stunk. Outside of a weekend at Fenway Park where he hit a bunch of home runs, Donaldson has done nothing for this team. And I thought he would hit the second half. He's always been a second-half player. I'm at a point where I've lost serious confidence. So it behooves him, in my opinion, to hit while John Carlos Stanton is out. He better snap out of it quick because I'll tell you something. When Stanton comes back, the Yankee best lineup against the righty especially, Benintendi, Judge, Stanton, Romeo at third, Glaber at second, Carpenter as your designated hitter. That's your best lineup. Not Josh Donaldson. So Donaldson wants to even be in the conversation to be in that lineup. You better start hitting. And I don't want to hear he's banging $20 million a year. Guess what? I don't care. Matt Carmen has been a better player. And I think it's malpractice if you're going to keep him on the bench as he continues to hit and you're going to play a guy like Donaldson. Can't do it. It'd be a big mistake. Big, big mistake from the Yankees standpoint. So Stan's still out. So you got some time to figure this out. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. Hey, JJ, it's Mike from Floral Park. Um, I heard you and Sal on the pod this week talking about wanting to avoid the Subway Series, World Series. And while I agree in theory, if you're a Mets fan, I think you got to be rooting for it. Because if the Mets make the World Series and the Yankees don't, it's an 80% chance you're probably playing the Houston Astros. I want no part of that team. They killed the Mets. That lineup's deep. They're experienced. I do not want to see them in October. The Yankees, you feel like you got a decent shot against them. Bucks better than Boone around the margins. DeGrom and Scherzer, you trust more than Cole. You think the Mets add a piece at the deadline. Could have the bats to get it done. I just think that's a much easier matchup. Curious on your thoughts that if there was a team in the L that scared you, you the Yankees, would you want to face the Mets because they had a better chance of winning? Later. Appreciate the call. I think our conversation was more centered around the fan dynamic, not the baseball matchup dynamic. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. To me, right now, the best team in all of baseball, the Houston Astros. That doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series. I don't think there's that much difference between Team 1 and Team 5. I've talked about this a lot. Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, Braves. In some order, those are your five best teams, I think, in baseball. And if you're putting somebody six, you're probably putting the Blue Jays six. But I think the Blue Jays are a notch below those other five teams, even though they've played really, really well since they fired Charlie Montoya. 
The Astros, you think they're the team to beat? I agree with you. They are the team to beat. But I'm talking about it from a fan's perspective. And if I were a Mets fan, I actually wouldn't be bothered by the idea of Yankees playing the Mets because I already lost to them in 2000. So what's the damn difference? What's another year losing the Yankees? Beat the Yankees. You will rub it in the Yankee fan face uh, until kingdom come. How could you not? Like from a Yankee perspective, look, I want the Yankees in the World Series. I haven't seen them in a World Series since 2009. It's been a long, long time. I'm hungry. The fan base is hungry. How can you not be? But you want my worst nightmare? It's not even close. It's not losing to the Astros. It's not losing to the Atlanta Braves or the Dodgers. It's losing to the Mets. Because it's inescapable. It's inescapable if you live here in New York. Beautiful job. And remember, we'll have a Spotify Live Tuesday after the Grom, after the deadline, all that good stuff. 917-382-1151 is where we make magic. But up next, the guy is always making magic. Been covering baseball forever around here. My colleague, my good friend here at SNY, John Harper, is up next. Terrible weekend for the Yankees, at least from a Sunday perspective. It's amazing, Harper. I'm saying <laughs> terrible weekend. They won three or four. They didn't play great, though. Thursday didn't play great. It's the Royals. Friday didn't great. It's the Royals. Yeah, it's the Royals, exactly. But we got the esteemed John Harper. He's here. SNY has been covering baseball in this town for a long, long time. Mets getting ready for DeGrom. The Mets taking care of business. Trade deadline on Tuesday. How are you, buddy? Good. How you doing, JJ? Uh, uh... I've been better because I was not thrilled with the Yankee performance Sunday. I'm not thrilled about the fact that Castillo is going to be wearing a Seattle Mariners yeah, uniform. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, but as far as the cost, it sure seemed like the Mariners gave up an arm and a leg. Is it fair to say if the Yankees wanted Castillo, they had to include Volpe? Probably, because they did. otherwise they didn't have the prospects to match up with what the Mariners gave them, at least from what I've seen and heard and talked to scouts, things like that. So, yeah, Volpe would have had to be a, probably the guy to put him over the top, and they weren't giving him up. They said that from the start. So... Uh, I mean, they need Castillo, but look, they 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 put all their chips on this Volpe kid, and he looks like man, he might be the real thing. So now he I, he's got to go get another starter, though. Montas, I would think, you know. I mean, but when you look at the price for Castillo now, you know the A's are going to probably raise their price and expect something similar, I would guess. Although I guess Montas is he's a free agent after the year, so he's going to get less, right? Because Castillo had another year, a little so, bit more control there. Yeah. So, but. Listen, there's a lot of pressure on Cashman to get a starter because they need one. They desperately need a starter with Montgomery tailing off, with Jamison Tyon tailing off. Cortez, as good as he's been, you still have to wonder about how he's going to hold up over the course of August and September. I like him, though. Me too, because he's got funk and he's confident and he's pitched in some big moments. And I I don't think he's a guy, Hope, you look at him and you say, oh, he's going to give you seven or eight innings. But if he can give you five or six and get it to the bullpen, I like my chances. Montez... Good numbers against the Houston Astros. You know the Yankees want that. Carlos Rodon is the other guy. If the Giants end up selling, he was terrific Sunday night. Yeah. You tell me the Yankees can have one of those two guys. Cost is equal. Who do you prefer? Uh, I would take Rodon. I've loved him. I thought uh, he was the guy that Mets should get before they traded for Bassett. I thought maybe they'd be in play there. He's got great stuff. He's legit. And he's, you know, he's tough as nails from what you hear. So I would take him. Over Montas, I, I like the idea of the lefty against the, uh, you know, anything to neutralize uh, Alvarez with the Astros maybe in the playoffs. So, uh, I don't know. But are the Giants, are they really selling? Are, are they there yet? I'm I mean, not sure. I think they're kind of right on that fringe. I yeah. feel like if they yeah. got overwhelmed, maybe. coming off that fairy tale season they had last year, 
They're kind of. I feel like the Red Sox are definitely going to sell. Yeah, Giants it is like kind it. of fifty fifty. Well, plus, the Giants have Rodon for another year, so they they basically kind of be bailing on on next year a little bit, depending on what you get back. Because you know, with the Yankees, you're probably not getting major league guys, major league ready players back, right? So, are the, are the Giants going to bail on next year? That's a that's a, a big market, man, and they uh, they always expect to win there. Totally get that. Okay, you know I have a major man crush on Clay Holmes. That goes back to the end of last year. <laughs> And listen, for the first three months of the year, Harp, he was as good as oh. any reliever in baseball. Um, is this regression to the mean? He clearly has lost the command. He's yeah. walking way too many guys. If one is the least bit concerned and 10 is like the most concerned, where do you stand on home? I go five. I think there's some legit concern there because he's fallen into a little bit of a pattern, as you said. You know, I think he's just not, you know, he's feeling it, I think. So the, the, he's not as free and easy. The, the stuff is there, but you're not seeing this, the same kind of consistent movement, which was crazy movement on his on his his, his fastball and his breaking stuff as well. You know, at least I'm not seeing that downward, good hard downward movement. The same one. I mean, he left one up today against uh, and Perez, Perez is tremendous. What a, yeah. what a good hitter! What a good hitter! Yeah, but that was that was as bad a pitch as I've seen Holmes throw. But I'm a little worried just because I think the pressure is getting to him a little bit. He's got to get maybe get over this hump and be get comfortable again in that closer role. Otherwise, who knows? Maybe they uh, end up taking him out of there. And uh... oh, don't tell me going back to Chapman. I mean, I've actually been getting decent sleep over the last couple of months. The idea of that guy being back in the ninth inning, uh, I'm going to have the bourbon next to me when I'm watching Yankee playoff games. But you know, Harp, I think in a way though, for Holmes, it's good. Yeah, I, it's never he's got to get through poorly. it. But like, I would be more concerned, quite frankly. If he didn't give up a run all season, Going into he October. blows one in the playoffs, yeah. and then you're like, holy smokes, how is he going to handle that? Yeah. If you're going to be a big-time closer, yeah. you got to be able to handle a rough patch. He's getting it right now. He's going to have to deal with it, see if he, how he does mentally. You know, He's got to get through this mentally, I think, more than anything. He's just got to get back to being free and easy and throwing that stuff and just letting it go. You know, I think he's. it seems to me like he's trying to guide it a little bit, maybe now hanging on to it. And, you know, that's like uh, with the golf screen. You can't hang on to it, man. You got to oh, let it go. Oh, when you get the yips or me on the putting green <laughs> this weekend. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Okay, the Mets. I was so impressed this weekend. Oh, yeah. Because I know the Marlins stink, but you're coming off the Yankees series. Yeah. Alcantara on Friday. Down three been as good as anybody. In three the first nothing. Inning. You're saying, all right, this is going to be let down city for the Mets. They're like, no, 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 no. Starling Marte says no. Nimmo says no. Yeah. They pound them Saturday. And Lopez, they just whooped. I mean, they did nine runs, 18 hits. One strikeout. That's One and, strikeout all day. So are you a For the whole believer against that, their whole of them? Not uh, just, is the Met offense back, though? I, it's a good question because, uh, I mean, we saw them go through a lull. Now they're kind of back to being where they were uh, April, May, really into June, I guess, a little bit. I, I still like them because there's so much good contact there. And I like what I'm seeing from Lindor. I was talking to a scout today. I wrote about it. The scout says this is the best he's seen him since since his Cleveland, since he came, or even early Cleveland, 2019. He's not chasing as much. He looks more relaxed. He's letting the breaking ball come to him because we've seen him look bad, even though he's had some good RBIs and things like that. He's looked bad at times this year. This guy was saying he looks more comfortable. When Lindor goes, he thinks his team goes. And when you got all these contact hitters, especially in October against elite pitching, you need that because you know runs aren't going to are going to be hard to come by. But if you have guys got guys putting the ball in play. I think you're in decent shape. So I, I like what they did with Vogelbach. He looks good. You know, he's got great, great plate, great plate discipline, a quick bat. He's definitely going to help him against right-handed pitching. I still think they need to hit, add a right-handed hitter. 
but yeah, I, I'm more comfortable with this offense, obviously. And then you, you know, you might have been a, yeah, a couple of weeks ago because now you're starting to see those good at bats from guys like Canna. McNeil is broken out again. So, you know, it's all it, it. I think it's a solid offense. They were bound to go through a little bit of a lull. Maybe that was it. What do you think's more likely come Tuesday? Is it Contreras Robertson? Or is it talking with the Red Sox potentially for Vasquez, who I really like, and I think he's a gamer, he's clutch. I think he yeah. handle a pitching staff well. And Martinez, what you got feel there? Uh, I I still think, I mean, I know the Mets are saying the price is too high, the Cubs are asking too much. I still think somewhere or another they get Robertson. Whether that you know whether I get, I'm sure the Cubs are trying to package them. Maybe it ends up being a separate deal. Maybe Contreras goes somewhere else. I think Robertson is the guy they have to have. Isn't he the perfect fit for the Mets? I mean, he would help the Yankees guy. too, but the yeah. Mets need him. Eighth inning guy, he is. He, he neutralizes lefty with his curveball. I think they're hit. The league's hitting like a hundred against it or something like that. You put him in that spot, and everything else works around it. Now you you can be you can let Ottavino go in the sixth, seventh inning where you're not as worried about that one hanger costing you a game. And, you know, Lugo, look, he's looked good lately. So, well, good against the Yankees the other yeah, night. Yeah, so, but I still think he needs extra rest. You're not sure about him being consistent. But you stick Roberts in the eighth inning, and that bullpen is set up to, to really excel, I think. Especially, you know, I know we've talked about this before. If you do get McGill back as a big arm back in that late innings in the pen, too, say they could be set up to do really well. I feel like he kind of fits the mold more so than Peterson as like a starter oh, yeah. transitioning yeah. into the bullpen. Like, even so with Peterson the other night, it just felt like yeah, weird with him yeah. coming into the game. Yeah, I know. Buck was forcing that a little bit. I think he wanted to see how he would do. And, you know, you can't come out there and walk the first guy. That's for sure. And Peterson has had control issues at times. So, McGill, to me, seems like he's a strike thrower, always has been. And he's got the power stuff, good changeup. I think he fits that profile better. It'd be fun to see. But they do have a chance to be really good back there. If, But I think you you got to get Robertson. I think that's a key. Okay. So Tuesday is a day we've been waiting for for a long, long time around here. And I know for some FS off, they didn't believe it would happen. <laughs> they thought it was like fake news. The idea that Jacob DeGrom was going to come back. Well, he's pitching Tuesday. Yeah. Buck said it. To me, he's the guy. Like, if the Mets are going to win a championship yeah. this year, like, they have a really good team. Yeah. You tell me DeGrom is not the same guy? I think they're a good team, but they may be an arm short. Like DeGrom being DeGrom, you put him with Scherzer and then Bassett and this lineup and adds to the bullpen, that kind of completes the puzzle. It does. Ways. It puts him over the top, or it should anyway. I mean, look, you know, you're going to, from a Mets fan's point of view, though, you're going to be kind of holding your breath with every start, it seems like, with DeGrom. But he does, he would put them over the top for sure, because I think he's going to be great as long as he's healthy. I think the stuff is still there. He's still got the same command. At least he, he showed it in spring training. He showed it in his rehab starts. Uh, and he's I, pitching for something, too. He's pitching for a new contract. He's determined to opt out. I know there's some bad blood there. I've heard some more about it lately that he's not happy with the contract. You know, he maybe he's just not happy with, you know, what, He's seen guys like like Lindor and even Scherzer making. Not that he has anything against them, but he maybe I don't know. Maybe, but he's the like, same guy who signed a contract. He, I, he should be happy with it. That was a good contract when he signed it. He was still two years away from free agency, so the Mets took a little bit of a chance there with injury with him. So I don't know what that's all about, but he's made it clear that he wants to opt out. So yeah, he does have. He's got a lot to lot to play for, and uh, so yeah, I, I think they would have a chance without him because the problem is you don't know which Carrasco you're getting. I mean, he was great again. What was it Saturday night against the Marlins? Uh, but, you know, I think to me, you're always a little fearful he's going to have one of those clunkers out there. And 
again, same with Walker. I think he's good, but I, you know what? Can you really trust him in the playoffs? I think that's where you're going to need Degrom to give you those six shutout innings, get you to the pen, and you go from there. That's know? going to be interesting trying to figure out for the Mets. Walker, Bassett, Carrasco. Who's the uh, who's, who's the odd man out? Yeah, because you're not starting five in the postseason. Yeah, that is. It's a great question because. Uh, at times, I think Walker is the best of them. I think he's better than Bassett. Uh, but, uh, you know, he wasn't great today. He said so afterward. Um, I don't know. We'll see down the stretch. But, yeah, I mean, when Carrasco's on, he's really good, too. Same and he's got big-time big postseason experience, yeah, too, yeah, from Cleveland. He just, he just, I don't know what it is. He kind of worries me because I've seen him have some really bad ones this year. So, We'll see. Uh, you know, that stuff usually works itself out. But, yeah, somebody's going to get bumped there for sure. I was saying this a few minutes ago. You think about baseball, Hart. The five top teams, Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, Braves. I think there's a clear drop-off after those five teams. I know Toronto's been great, but yeah. I'm not willing to put them in that grouping. Yeah. I mean, I think Houston's the team to beat, but in all honesty, Hart, I can see any of those five winning the World Series this year. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, they've all been there in recent years except for the Mets, really. Uh, and I, I, I think, yeah, I could see it for sure. I mean, it's a matter of, who gets hot with the pitching, and then who gets the timely hits? That's been the Yankees' big issue, more so than the pitching. They haven't gotten those timely hits, especially in Houston when they played the Astros. So is this going to be – you know, that's why that home field advantage is going to be so crucial for It them. makes a big deal. You know, in a lot of years, I'm like, eh, home field advantage. Does yeah. it really make that much of a difference? The Yankee record in Minute Maid Park yeah. and in Houston, and big they, difference. They just don't score runs there. So I know the Astros' pitching is really good, but – I think they much rather take their chances in the Bronx because I saw it in 2017. I think we talked about that. I was at those games. The Astros had won the first two. They were totally unnerved by the atmosphere. That Place was, is rocking, man. That was man. the loudest I ever saw at the New Yankee Stadium. I heard the New Yankee Stadium. For and sure. I hope we get a Yankee Astro ALCS hard. But you know how this works out. We talk about it for six months. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, boom, we don't get what we're looking for. Yeah, but I'm not sure the Rays are capable this year. I don't know if the Blue Jays have the pitching. Barrios has been a major disappointment. Pitch so, well today, though. Yeah, better. Pitch well today. Yeah, I feel like I, they could be in on a trade with yeah, either maybe, the Giants maybe. or with Oakland. They need another guy, I think, for sure. But, yeah, you could always see an upset happening. But it feels like the Yankees and the Astros are a class above everybody else, as you said, in the American League. So I'd be surprised if we don't get that. You know, I was watching Donaldson this weekend. Looked awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. And, listen, he's going to play right now. But when Sten comes back, I mean, they're they're facing a right-handed pitching, right-handed pitcher. How is Carpenter not going to play? You <laughs> got to play him. Got to play him at third base, right? Got to play him at third base. Oh, he's he's come down to earth a little bit too. But Donaldson, yeah, he doesn't look good. I don't know. I don't know. Really, all year. I mean, he's played a pretty good third base, but the bat, that you know, the ball just doesn't seem to have the the same pop off the bat that it, it once had. I mean, he's not that old, but yeah, at some point. You got to do it, or, or you know, you, he's got it. They got to sit him because you, I, at this point, you got to take a chance with Carpenter over him if if it gets to that. Final one: the two big names that everybody's been talking about. I don't think either one is going to get traded, and if one is getting traded, it's probably Soto. The likelihood of Soto or Otani <laughs> wearing a different uniform come Wednesday? I think there's no chance Otani does. I think I just think there's they they're not going to do that. I think Marino would. I think he would feel like. Uh, They'd have to get a such a huge haul to make it worth have it. Have to be I, like a Herschel Walker type. Yeah, trade. I don't think they could get enough to make it worth it, and the fans would hate him for it. They already probably do hate him for out there. I was gonna say they've wasted trying Otani's <laughs> yeah. prime. It's crazy. But Soto and I, same with Soto. Rizzo's a hard ass, and, and you know he's gonna want the Herschel Walker package trade package too. And I'm not sure he's getting it. I mean, I know teams want the guy; they'd be willing to give up a lot for him. 
But I think Rizzo is going to, you know, he's going to hold their feet to the fire and get the absolute most he can. Our teams, you know how you know how teams they're just so reluctant to give up their top prospects these days. I don't know if anybody's going to pull the trigger. Yankees have a new pitcher come Tuesday. Uh oh, yeah, I think Cashman's got to get. He's got to do gotta it, Montas. right? What if he brings in Syndergaard? Would you be happy with that? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think that'd he, be a disaster. Don't get Rodon. I think it's more likely it's Montas though. He, he you know, he. Uh, I mean, those Astros splits are good. I yeah, like that. Cashman makes a deal with his buddy. Uh, Billy Bean. Yeah, Billy Bean. And then, oh, yeah, there you Let's go. Let's hope it's not Sonny Gray part two. <laughs> no, that's true. Let's hope it's that not Sonny bad. Gray part two. That's bad. No, I, I, that was weird, man. I, that was weird. But I, I wonder think- how much of that was Sanchez and how much of that was New York. You know, like certain guys are just not cut out to pitch in New York. He's one of them. He was, I know, he, you know, just being in the clubhouse after he pitched, he was weird. He had a tough time with that whole thing. Quirky. From what I've heard about Montas, he's, he's got uh, he's got a big, uh, big, Big ball. So That's what speak. I'm talking about. That's what I want pitching on uh, on the Yankee Stadium out in October. And real quick, David Robertson to Met. I say yes. They they got to find a way to get that done. They have to. You know, Bard resigned. He signed an extension with the Rockies. Who are you going to get? Robertson's the perfect guy for them. They're all in. If you have to give up, look, they already gave the Cubs uh, Crow Armstrong, which is a mistake for Baez. If you have to give up one of your top guys, you know, I mean, if you give up a top guy, though, you got to get Contreras too. Because- John Harper. All over it. You're going to be a busy man in the next busy couple man. of weeks. Yes, I sir. love it. I saw your stellar stand-up. I'm yelling and screaming after Joey Gallo stand oh, up yeah. in the eighth inning. Uh, I'm doing a little show after the City game, field? and I saw you right down on the field. The lights went out. Looking as always. You're like the natural. You're turning the lights out at City Field, you know? That was a long night. Yeah, I still had to go write a column after that. So, That's uh, the, uh, burning the midnight oil, baby. That's it, yeah. Anything for uh, SNY, you know? You know it. John Hoffman, <laughs> keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks for hey, a few minutes. Thanks, JJ. Always a pleasure. All right, we got some trivia and a Monday MLB pick with Jeff Money. That's coming up next. Trivia time. Okay, Larry in Florida. I'm ready. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to dominate, but I'm ready. We'll see what trivia brings. Let's hear it, baby. JJ, Larry in steamy hot Florida. I got two tonight. I'll start you out with a layup. Who was who was the last dolphin to rush for a thousand yards? The second one is Judge won the 2017 AL Rookie of the Year, who finished second. I'm out. All right, Larry, the last dolphin to rush for a thousand yards, and says it's a layup. A layup. Based upon the way he phrased that question, it's got to be Ricky Williams. No, it's not. All right, I got two guesses. Reggie Bush. Ronnie Brown. A layup. This ain't a layup. It's Lamar Miller then, Larry. Hold on a second. Who could it be? It's not Lamar Miller. It's not Reggie Bush. It's not Ronnie Brown. It's not Ricky Williams. Who the hell am I missing? You waving a white flag, Jay? Are you going to keep going? I don't know what running back it could be. I just rattled off four of them. Are you sure you you don't want to take one more? I said Ronnie. I said Ricky. I said Reggie Bush. I said Lamar Miller. Thousand-yard rusher? Who who is it? You're waving a white flag. No, I'm annoyed. Who is it? What Dolphin running back got there? 
It's one in that era. You're in the right. You're in the right place. You're probably glancing over it, but it's right there, right in front of your face. This is a layup. As a Dolphin fan, you should get this. As a Dolphin fan, I should get this. It's a layup. Oh, I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Jay Ajayi. Wow. I almost forgot the J train. That was that was sloppy on my behalf. It took me way too long, Larry. I apologize. All right. 2017 American League Rookie of the Year. The guy finished behind Aaron Judge. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let's think here. 2017 AL Rookie of the Year. Well, it was an easy, easy, easy American League Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Thinking of guys who are rookies. Houston didn't have anybody to note. Thinking about the teams that were good. Twins, not to my knowledge. Well, I think I know this. Steph, I think I know this. It's Aaron Judge's new teammate. Because he played a little in 16, but he was a full rookie in 17. Is it Andrew Benintendi? There we go. Maybe that was the layup, Larry. Maybe that was the layup after all. Job well done with those trivia questions. Very stimulating today. All right. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, the floor is yours. Let's hear it, baby. JJ. Jeff Money here with a handicapper pitch. It's going to be for tomorrow, Monday the 1st. We're in the dog days of August. I've got one play. I'm going to go with a little underdog, a small underdog. We'll go with the San Francisco Giants plus the 110 over the L.A. Dodgers. Again, we're going to go with San Francisco Giants plus the 110. Everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money, best of luck. Uh, I don't know what the Giants are going to be looking like, but anytime you can fade Andrew Heaney, I'm always going to be on board with that. I'm going to Yankee game Monday night. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm taking the Yankees, and I'm parlaying them with the Texas Rangers. Why? The Orioles are a huge underdog as a plus 500 team, and Texas is minus 175. Something is up with that line. That line absolutely stinks. So here's what we're going to do. Yankees, Rangers, two-team money line parlay, and I'll probably get it right a little beyond even money. Probably get a little plus money. So I like the sound of that. Still can't get over trivia. I mean, Larry, I, I can't believe I blanked on JHI. I mean, I'm glad I ended up figuring it out on my own, but I gave out like every Dolphin running back who ran for 1,000 yards or close to it over the last 20 years and couldn't think of the guy who was like the workhorse in the Dolphins making a postseason. So... It's the way the cookie crumbles. Great work by Stefan. Back Tuesday. Remember, we got a Spotify Live. Time to be determined. Probably going to be after DeGrom starts. So it'll be a late night Spotify Live. Trade deadline. We'll have you covered there. Shows, the captain stuff coming up. So another loaded week. And football, it's, it's, it's here, folks. Baseball, football, what a time to be alive. And before we say goodbye, I would be remiss if I did not mention the passing of the legendary Bill Russell, who is the greatest winner in American team sports. No ifs, no ends, no buts. 11 championships in 13 years. Ambassador on and off the court. Lived a wonderful, wonderful life. Thoughts and prayers, of course, with the family. And I don't think we'll ever see a player in our lifetime. And I wasn't lucky enough to see Bill Russell. But I don't think we'll ever see a guy go and win 11 championships in 13 years in the team sport. Uh, I think it's fair to say that's a safe bet. So wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Good job all around. We're back Tuesday. Lots, lots to cover. Trade deadline. A lot of moving and shaking. JJ out. Enjoy your Monday. Be good, everybody.